hey, do this to get rid of your thunder thighs. Like that makes it sound like there's something wrong with me. Like mm. that's what the tone is, right? I have to fix something. Whereas if you're saying, hey, do this because it'll help you get up the stairs easier or whatever. That's like, okay, yeah, like that's something cool I can look forward to. When I was growing up, I was always told that I was too much to handle. I was too loud, too opinionated, too demanding, just plain too much. Now, as an adult, I celebrate these qualities within myself and within the women I know. This is a call to action. This is a space to own your too muchness. This is too much to handle. Hannah Cranston, the host of Too Much to Handle, where we talk about the amazing, the raw, the ugly, the painfully funny, and just plain real truth behind being a woman in your 20s and 30s. These are the conversations you're already having behind closed doors, from everything about sex and dating, career pros and woes, to body issues. And we're just airing them. They might be too much to handle, but that's what we like. And today I am going to be way too much with my friend and the founder and face of Blogilates, Cassie Ho. Hello. Hi, Cassie. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? How's your New Year's going? Uh, New Year's was really cool. And <laughs> the funnest thing we did on New Year's was mm. that I had a few of my friends over and Sam, my husband, was egging on one of our friends. Um, we're all in the hot tub at the time to jump in the cold part of the pool. Mm. It's like 40 degrees. Like it cold. is cold, right? He was like, oh, I'm not sure. And then I looked at him and I was like, I'll do it with you. And then we actually got three other friends to do it with us. So all five of us at like 1230 on New Year's Day jumped into a freezing cold pool and we had to swim all the way over to the hot tub. And by the time we got in the hot tub, I didn't even know what hot or cold was. I was like just screaming. Oh, But it was man. so exhilarating. It was cool. You did a polar plunge. Uh, yes, I did. And totally sober because I don't drink, but a few of our friends were drunk. So I think that's why they did it. But I just was like, hey, let's just do this because it makes <laughs> me uncomfortable. So let's go. 2019. Oh, wait. I <laughs> love that. I love that you just sort of like leaned into something that was outside of your comfort zone, yeah. literally. That is, you know, that's what I literally. want. That's what I want this year to be about me going to do things that make me scared or uncomfortable. Wait, I love that. What else is on your list? Um, you know, this year is going to be a lot of learning from things that I struggled with the previous year. Mm -hmm. Um, and also, you know, taking a couple steps back to be able to go forward. So mm. it's going to be a lot of cleanup. I yeah. Think. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I think a lot of people right now are really reflecting on their past year and this upcoming year mm -hmm. and what they want to accomplish. Mm -hmm. And I know for a lot of people and women, particularly those turn into fitness or health mm -hmm. goals. Um, and Bustle actually did a survey of a hundred or excuse me, 822 readers to find out which camps they sort of fell into mm -hmm. when it came to their resolutions. And a large proportion of the readers made resolutions about weight loss, mm -hmm. commenting that they were dissatisfied with 
their bodies and suffering from low self-esteem as a result. So 23% of those readers said that losing weight was their main New Year's resolution. Mm -hmm. And 18% said exercising more was their resolution, which is actually, I personally think, and I'd love to get your opinion Mm -hmm. on a better way to approach the goal. Yeah. Um, Because making weight loss goals aren't always the best way to go about it, I feel like. Right, right. You know? Because when you say you want to lose weight Mm -hmm. um, because you're unhappy with the way you look or you're just unhappy in general, you don't know if by the time you've lost, you know, 10 pounds or 40 pounds, you're actually going to be happy. So maybe that's not the issue. Mm -hmm. I really like setting exercise goals or like food goals. For example, like I would like to take three classes a week or even start like with a really simple thing. Like I would like to walk my dog for 10 minutes a day. Yeah. And if you accomplish that, you're going to want more. You're going to get addicted to that happy feeling. And eventually when you are happy and more confident, it'll drive you to go harder at the gym or with your workouts. And then eventually the weight loss becomes not like the main focus, but more like a positive side effect. Yeah. And I think that's how you really make a lifestyle out of uh, health and wellness. I think you're so right because weight, I think can be such an arbitrary number. And I'm glad you brought up that feeling of finding happiness. Cause I think for women, especially Mm -hmm. sometimes we're like, oh, if I just lose five pounds, if I just lose 10 pounds, Mm -hmm. then I'll be happy. Then I can go do this thing I've been waiting for. And you're one, deferring your own happiness, which is- not beneficial to anybody. And two, like you said, like, you don't know if you're going to really be happy at your, that number. Mm -hmm. Like I have a number in my head where I'm Mm -hmm. like, oh, if my body gets to that, I will be so much happier. I'll wear all the clothes that I secretly want to wear and blah, blah, blah. blah. And I've been at that weight. And at that weight, I was my most unhappiest because I was like, (sighs) you know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. So back, uh, In 2012, Mm. I entered my very first bikini competition, a fitness bikini competition, because I wanted to see, can I push myself to this level and get super lean? Let's just see. At first it was a fitness thing. Mm I think I trained for about eight or 10 weeks. I lost a lot. I think I lost like maybe like 15 pounds in that amount of time and put on muscle. And I looked very lean, but I still had like this mini lower belly pooch. Like I just, just how my body is. Anyway, when I got that lean and I got to that point, that was my goal. Mm -hmm. I was not Cassie at all. I was so mean. I was hangry all the time. I was cloudy headed. So it made running my business, which at the time was the blog and YouTube, very difficult because all I was focused on was, oh my God, I have this lower belly pooch. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. And I've never been that lean, <laughs> but I have also not been as unhappy as I was when I was that lean. So yeah. I can tell you that getting to a skinniness goal or a weight goal does not make you happy if you just don't have the confidence to love yourself first. Yeah. Oh, that is so true. Being hungry is never good. No. I mean, I am not a fun person to be around when I'm hungry. And if you're starving yourself all the time to achieve something that isn't even going to make you happy, you're just making your life miserable. And I'm so glad that you brought up um, your, your insecurity Uh about your stomach Mm -hmm. because you posted, um, an Instagram, I think it was a few weeks ago where you actually showed this very vulnerable side of yourself talking about, you know, your, what you called was like an extra layer of fat around your Mm -hmm. stomach. But my favorite part of that video is when you go like, you're like, yeah, I have this extra layer of fat that I'm insecure about. And you turn to the side and you're like, actually, I look pretty good. I know. (laughs) It's just like, 
damn, like if every woman could look at their insecurity and be like, oh yeah, this is my insecurity and be like, oh shit, I'm hot. You know what I mean? So that was weird because when I filmed it, I was like in this place where I was like, I don't like how I look, but let, let's just let's just see what happens. Let's put it on camera. And I was like, you know, pinching my thigh. And like, that's not what someone normally would want to do in front of people. Um, like it's very yeah. private. Yes. Like, <laughs> I do this like in front of the mirror sometimes. But I was like, you know what? Whatever. Like if I w- really need to let go and start this year right, mm-hmm. I should come face to face with what I think is making me unhappy. Like this place in my body where I hold all this resentment, just like mm. this history of like, you know, kids calling me fat, chubby. Like I just feel like when, when I pinch my fat in my lower belly, sometimes I'm like, this is my failure spot. Like it's, it's very weird and in, internal. But anyway, I was like, time to face it because that's not the truth. That's just me telling myself that. And so as I was pinching it, I was like, let's make a video. And then I was like, wait, it actually doesn't look that bad on camera. Like I was looking, I was like, no, like honestly, like, I did not expect that to be the ending. Yeah. But then I was like, I actually kind of like it. But it's so good. inspiring <laughs> for so many women who may have a spot that they, you know, feel like unhappy with, mm. you know, and to like, you know, grab it or look at it and then realize like, oh wait, no, this is actually cute. It doesn't look as bad as I was, you know, making up in my head. And I think that's the, the sometimes the issue with our bodies is we use it sort of a, a, a proxy for what we what is most scrutinized about women mm-hmm. is our bodies, right? Yep. And so what we do is we build it up in our head and we build these stories about like, that's what's holding me back from doing uh, X, yeah. Y, Z, or that's why I'm feeling unhappy with my life. And that's why I'm not succeeding in my career, whatever it is, because we're constantly told that that's something we need to be paying attention to. So if something's not going right in another arena, we kind of pin it on our bodies. Yeah. And I I really just don't think that's not fair at all because that's not something that men have to deal with for Mm -hmm. the most part. Um, and women, I think if you truly want to exude true beauty, and I've, I've seen this before, it comes from confidence. And I'm not just like saying that, like it is for real. Like that glow of confidence is way more powerful than any concealer or, you know, fake eyelashes or whatever. Like if you are glowing, like you just come off so gorgeous, seriously, yeah. and so beautiful. Yeah, no, I think you are spot on. So it really does start from within, mm-hmm. you know, that, that love of yourself, that confidence. And a lot of that comes from accepting your body, not only accepting your body. Cause I, I don't even really like the term body acceptance. Cause I think it should be like body love. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? You should yeah. just accept, you should make me, okay, it's fine. It should be like, fuck. Yeah. I love my body. Right. Um, so how can people foster that? How can people p- foster that body love, but also foster a healthy workout routine? Because I think like so often when the t- two things are talked about mm-hmm. in, in media and articles or however, or on Instagram, um, they're kind of pitted against each other. Yeah. It's like, if you like to go to the gym, you, you're not being body positive because you're trying to achieve a fitness goal or whatever it may be. But I think the two can work in concert. And so I'm really yeah. interested to dive into that with you. Cause I think so many women want to be body positive and they want to, still go to the gym or go to spin or watch, you know, blog lotties or whatever it may be. You know that when I see those arguments being made about how if you like to go to the gym or you like to work out, you're not being body positive. It makes me roll my eyes so hard Mm. because being body positive doesn't mean you have to stay exactly where you are. It's about doing what it takes to make you feel good about yourself and enjoying that journey. And so if that means you want to get stronger, 
and you are positive about that the entire time, then good. Like it's okay that your body is changing. I don't like being stagnant. I want to be getting more flexible, getting stronger, getting something like all the time. But what does need to stay at a balanced place is your peace and your happiness. I think mm. that's where it needs to be. But for people who say like, cause for example, I released a bridal boot camp because I just got married um, a few months ago. Congratulations. Thank you. It, was, it looked beautiful. It on was Instagram. so fun. Um, I released a bridal boot camp cause like I was working out and I wanted to like do this thing for other brides and you know, fans are always asking for some type of a program. So it's like, okay, cool. I'll put together this fun thing. And then people were like, so you're telling brides that they have to lose weight for their wedding. And it's like, no, it's called bridal boot camp, And it's not like I'm calling something like how to get skinny in eight days. I'm like not saying yeah. that. It's like, this is what I'm doing to walk down the aisle so that I have better posture. I feel confident. I feel good. I feel stronger. And it's like, you know what? If you want to see what you want to see in the content that I am releasing, then maybe that's something you need to work on because that was never said. But I also think that that's a problem with social media in general. Mm. People like to take other people's intentions out of context yeah. and put their own twist on it. So I just think that's something that they need to work on themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, to your point that, you know, working out is great because it does have side effects that mm -hmm. are aesthetic, but personally, like I'm an asshole if I don't sweat in the morning. Like if I don't, like if I don't get my endorphins going, yeah. I'm like not a fun person to be around. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like no, I, I know what you mean. I need those endorphins. I need to feel like I moved my body that I, you know, got more flexible. Like I stretched out. Cause I, the other day I tried to take a rest day, which yeah. I know are very important, but I'm very bad at. Okay. 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 And I was so stiff <laughs> and I was so in a bad mood. I had oh. no energy. And my boyfriend's like, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, I just didn't work out. Like I need that, right. that momentum. And I think it's for mental clarity and mental sanity. And I think people often forget yes. the internal benefits of exercise. See, I, I would like, you're like exercise enlightened because you know that exercising makes you a happier human. Yeah. And that's really, really good. You're like not focused on the weight loss, whatever, but you're doing it because of the way it makes you feel. And I think that's where everyone needs to go. Yeah. If we get that, then we do more of the things that make us happy. And then it becomes just a happier place for everybody, the people you work with, mm -hmm. your friends, your boyfriend, whoever. Um, yeah, no, I think that's really good. I personally started working out in the morning too. It's been about a year now and I love it because it sets the tone for the yeah. day. And I feel like I accomplished something. I'm ready to go. Then I can go home after work. And, you know, I have like, I feel like I have extra time because, you know, you wake up before people wake up. Yeah, it's great. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it can be something, you know, you don't have to go to the gym. You don't have to do whatever. It can be something as, as simple as you mentioned as walking your dog. Yeah. You know, sometimes when I don't have time, I just walk my dog for 30 minutes and I feel so much better. Yeah. You know, just moving my body. And I think part of it too is picking workout routines that are right for you, that you have fun doing, mm -hmm. but also where if it's, you know, class or something like that, where the instructor is fostering body positivity, mm -hmm. um, because how the instructor speaks during the fitness classes actually has a huge impact on how you feel about yourself mm -hmm. and um, your body. So researchers from Northwestern University actually performed a study about gym motivation, specifically in fitness classes. Interesting. 
And in one class, the instructor made appearance-focused comments to the women, such as, this exercise blasts fat in the legs, no Mm -hmm. more thunder thighs for us, Mm. get rid of that cellulite. Mm -hmm. Uh, But in the other class, the trainer presented function-focused comments, such as, this class is intended to help you strengthen your core Mm -hmm. uh, muscles, which are essential for initiating movement, enabling your body to do all the amazing things that you enjoy. And so what they found was that when a trainer comments about the benefits exercise has on losing weight or mm-hmm. changing the appearance of a woman's body, she's more likely to be critical of herself yeah. and the way she looks. And conversely, words of encouragement that focus on strength and health had the opposite effect and left participants feeling accomplished. And this is crazy, more satisfied with their bodies. Good. Yeah. Good. No, I I love that they did a study in that because as a group fitness instructor Mm -hmm. myself, I'm very choosy about the words that I use. And I would say uh, group fitness classes from, you know, 20 years ago, whatever, like people were saying things like thunder thighs, saddlebags, chicken wings, or whatever, whatever you need to do. Donuts. I don't know. It's like a weird menu. (laughs) Yeah. It it does sound like a weird menu. You're right. Like a menu in the middle of nowhere where they're serving like questionable meat. (laughs) (laughs) I've never thought about that. Um, yeah. And then with the body positivity movement, people have become more aware of what they're saying because Mm -hmm calling, hey, do this to get rid of your thunder thighs. Like that makes it sound like there's something wrong with me. Like Mm. that's what the tone is, right? I have to fix something. Whereas if you're saying, hey, do this because it'll help you get up the stairs easier or whatever. That's like, okay, yeah, like that's something cool I can look forward to. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, like the way we teach our popularized classes, like we tell our instructors the same thing. Like we're here to motivate and inspire and make the fitness class a fun experience. So whatever that means, um, we just try to keep it really positive and intense. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I, and I think, you know, your audience knows that and sees that and is probably why they're so inspired by what you're putting out because there is detriment to using words like bikini body. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like everybody has a bikini body. You put on a bikini, you, bikini, you have a bikini bo- body. you have a body, like, yeah. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Look at how that works. It's magic. Um, I actually, so I was doing, um, I was, I'm not going to sell anybody out, but I was doing okay. fitness classes. Okay, okay. Pretty regularly. Okay. And they really did focus on like talking about removing fat from certain areas, which uh-huh. like, one is not really a thing you can't like spot no, reduce fat in an area. Um, but they would talk about like chicken wings, like you said. Wait, or this was like here, like in LA recently. In LA. And then it would be after I remember oh. so distinctly when I realized that I was gonna quit this fitness experience. Okay. Is I was in a class and they were talking about it was night near the fourth of July. Uh-huh. And they were talking about, oh, you know, you probably ate hot dogs on 4th of July. Like this is now it's your time to burn them off. And I was so frustrated by Mm. that because it was like, first of all, not that many people know this about me. I love hot dogs. It is one (laughs) of my favorite foods. They are great. Which is so weird and probably so bad for you, but like they're really good. And so when I have a hot dog, yeah, I really enjoy it. You are having a hot dog. I'm having a hot dog and I'm happy. And I'm like, wait, I don't need to like make up for this hot dog. Yeah, like you chose to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I was so happy with the hot dog. So she offended your hot dog. She did. 
That's where that's where I draw the line. <laughs> you come after my hot dogs. Oh, I don't know if we're still talking about food, but <laughs> um, that was the moment that I that I realized that mm. that wasn't right for me, mm-hmm. and that I wanted to sort of like lead my own fitness journey because yep. I could control the verbiage around what I was doing and how I was doing it. Yeah. And so I think for a lot of women, that balance between exercise and nutrition is really hard for Mm -hmm. them because there is so much of that rhetoric around making up for something you ate or, you know, conversely, uh, working out so that you can indulge. And personally, like that's something that I still need help with and struggle with, like mm-hmm. just mentally. Mm-hmm. Logically, I know that that's not how it works. Yeah. But mentally, sometimes it, 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 you know, catches me up. And I'm I'm curious to hear how you sort of work through that mentality with your community and mm-hmm. just personally. I think people's relationship with food, especially women, because I have a lot of friends and even coworkers that have gone through this. It's complicated. Um, Sometimes we like to punish ourselves for what we ate. We like to uh, restrict things and put ourselves in food jail in hopes that we can lose the weight or look better. And it's just like such a bad negative relationship with food because at the end of the the day, food is food. It Mm -hmm. is fuel. It is simply calories. It's not something that uh, that is evil. And- when I was going through that bikini competition back in 2012, I was only allowed to eat certain things that my coach allowed me to. And what was that? Break yeah, that down I, I will. Yeah. yeah, I'll tell you. Uh, chicken breast, lettuce with a squeeze of lime. I couldn't have any dressing, oh. protein powder, and egg whites. That's that is it? literally what I ate. Um, I think I was allowed to have 15 almonds a day that I would count oh and God. drink tons of water. Uh, so, you know, it definitely leaned me down. Like, let me tell you that worked, but my body got into this crazy, like metabolic disruption mode after the competition where if I ate anything other than that, I just started ballooning up and I got, Mm -hmm. I gained more weight. I looked bigger than when I even started my weightlifting bikini competition program. And that wrecked and really messed with my mind. Because after I was in the competition and I saw that the girls who won looked a certain way, they were very uh, cut in their abs and everything. They all had big booties and huge fake boobs, most of them. Because when you get that lean, you lose the fat fat, in your boobs. So a lot of them do get breast implants. And I got so like twisted that I was like, oh, I I lost, but I wanna do this again. So I'm gonna get breast implants too. And I got to the, and I was like, whoa, I was telling like my boyfriend at the time, my sister, they're like, Cassie, what has gotten into you? This is not you. Like, what is wrong with you? And after I realized, okay, I'm not gonna do that, but I'm gonna do a second bikini competition. So I'm gonna do this again. I'm gonna eat the the same way again and nothing would work anymore. The more lettuce and chicken breast I ate, the more I would gain weight. And this went on for like another two and a half years. And I got so frustrated because I just kept gaining, gaining weight no matter what I did. I would spend more time at the gym, continue gaining weight because my body was just like out of control. Cause when I was in my competition plan, I was having a thousand calories a day and working out four hours a day. Like that's unhealthy. That's mm-hmm. really unhealthy. But because I'm the type of person that was like, oh, this is my plan. This is what you gotta do for eight weeks. Cool, I'm gonna do it. But it wrecked my body. And it got to a point where if I ate pizza and French fries, sometimes I would lose weight. And if I ate salad, I would gain weight. Like it was completely messed up. Mm-hmm. And so it took me a few years of learning to just 
let go and not be so tied to the food because the way I looked at food was like, those foods are are bad and these foods are good. And if I have a bad, then I'm gonna feel like a trash can and I'm just wanna like fill up the rest of my body with bad food for the rest of the day and then start over again the next day. And it was just like so unhealthy because that's not how the body works. Yeah, That's not how life works. It's about looking at food and understanding that it is fuel, it is your medicine. And if you do choose to have something like a cheesecake, like that is a choice and it's fine. Cheesecake um, is good. It, it's very good. <laughs> and churros and matcha lattes, all that oh, wonderful stuff. Food yeah. is a cultural experience. Yes. It's a social experience. Yes. And so um, when I finally got to realizing that, hey, I don't need to be that lean. Like I just don't. I need to continue loving to work out. I want to continue loving to eat. And if this is how I'm going to look, then this is my balance. Like this is my state of peace. And when I came to terms with that, that's when I found um, happiness again. Yeah. But trying to be something that your genetics, because that's a big part of it. Mm -hmm. Some girls or people can eat whatever they want and not gain any weight. And um, I always had this inkling that I had more issues with holding on to fat than others because of the way my genetics were. And it wasn't until I took my 23andMe test mm -hmm. that it was proven. And it says in my test that I am predisposed to be 5% uh, overweight over the average person. And out of all the friends, the family members that I checked with, that percentage was the highest out of everybody. Wow. Yeah. So like, it's just, you know, if this is me, it's me and it's cool. And I get to run my business, do my thing, be happy with life. And this is how I look cool. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, that is so inspiring. And I think for so many people doing that genetic test yeah. can be really validating and almost like encouraging. Cause mm. I think some people would hear that be like, oh, I'm predisposed to be this. And they'd try to fight against it, which like to some extent, like when you're working out, you somewhat are, but yeah. I think like, like I'm, I did a, not 23andMe, but another sort of yeah. genetic test. And they were like, oh, you're predisposed to obesity. Which really? I, yeah. Which no I, way. Which I, which I knew from my familial relations. Really? And I, I just sort of was like, oh, well that explains why I struggle losing weight in these areas and why I can't just like always eat whatever I want. Right, me neither. Yeah, but at the same time, I have found different ways where I've realized when I'm losing weight and when I'm getting more in a in a place where I'm really happy with my mm. body. Not that the two are connected right, actually. Right, right, right. But <clears throat> what I found really changed my life in terms of fitness and nutrition and what I was restricting. Because similarly, I wasn't training for a bikini mm -hmm. like competition. But when I was in college, you know, exercise has always been sort of a um, escape for me. Yeah. And I've always been a place where like, I feel like the gym is my zone, my temple, you yeah. know, where I can really sort of like get away and clear my brain. And so in college, when I was really stressed, like I would I was running like 10 miles a day and like watching what I wow. ate and like I would have, you know, a protein bar for lunch uh -huh. and I was so tired yeah. and unhappy yeah. and stressed and I felt like shit. Yeah. And my body wasn't changing the way that I thought it would with the way that I was working out, yeah. the, way that the, the amount that I was mm -hmm. eating. And I think back to the times that I was happiest with my body. Mm. And I couldn't tell you what weight I was at at that time because I didn't weigh myself. Yeah. I was 
eating what I wanted. I'd go out. I'd have a drink if I wanted yeah. to. I'd have dessert when I wanted. I'd have pizza all the time. Yep. And I was just living my life. And my body found homeostasis in that because there were days where I'd wake up and I'd have like fruit and, you know, vegetables mm-hmm. and whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And then the other days when I was like, no, nah, I want a muffin yeah. and I want, you know, pizza and I want whatever it is that I am craving at the moment. And I think when you listen to your body and you're just like, oh, I'm just going to be really happy with yep. what I have. Mm-hmm. When you make that decision, you actually trick yourself into being happy. <laughs> you know what? And it's about control, right? Because yeah. you made that decision. Mm. You made that choice. So you feel in control. Because I think a lot of people who fall into eating disorders, including myself, because after after the bikini competition, I was afraid of bananas and apples. That I was out of whack. It's when not wild you, to think that you were yeah, afraid of bananas and I literally apples. was afraid of a banana and apple. I was like, bananas can make me fat. Apples can make me fat. Scared of that nut. I had more than 15. Like it was like ruining nuts, my life. No it pun was intended. Nuts, it was nuts, <laughs> no pun intended. But yeah, when you make the choice, like, hey, I'm yeah. going to have this muffin because I'm going to have the muffin. Then it's like, it's your responsibility. It's not like you're blaming it on anyone. No mm-hmm. food made it bad. Like you made that choice. And I think that's why you felt so happy. But yeah, to your point about the scale, uh, for a while I stopped waiting, weighing myself too. But I want to talk about that a little bit. Break it down, girl. Because... I think it's very healthy to not look at a scale, to not validate what you're worth by the number on the scale. Mm -hmm. However, Mm. it got to a point where I was afraid of weighing myself on the scale. Uh, Have you ever like dealt with that? uh, Every time I go to the doctor. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, can we just skip this part? (laughs) Right? So then I was like, wait, I understand not letting the scale control me. So I'm not going to step on you. But now being afraid to even step on it, like that's a whole nother thing. Yeah. And so it was maybe several months ago that my husband was like, why are you so scared to step on the scales? Just a number. I was like, you don't understand. When I see a number, it just ruins my entire day and I'll just cry. And he's seen me cry before if I see a number I don't like. And he's like, yeah, but you know, it's just a number, right? And I love how men look at things because it's just so, like so, yeah. just, uh, so straightforward. Then, so then he like, just step on the scale. It's fine. And I was like, no, no, I have to wait for a better day. Anyway, I started stepping on the scale and training myself to be like, it is just the number of the day. Like it's mm-hmm. fine. And so now I'm not uncomfortable stepping on it um, because it to me is now objective. I mm. know what it means. And I also know that if you haven't gone to the bathroom or you just had a large dinner, you can gain like literally five to seven pounds. So or if you're even whatever. Like close to your cycle. Exactly. I mean, yeah. I balloon up. Same, yeah. same. And yeah. I have like major food, baby. Like it's just a whole situation. And, you know, I don't think we should be afraid of these. It's, it's just like a, a stat. It's a data point. And yeah. so um, I think after, you know, you've stepped away from stepping on the scale. And if you want to regain that confidence, like just do it. Like it's fine. And just remind yourself, it's just a number, it's just a number, it's just a number. And then you can get over that. Cause what I is, think that's important too. For, for people who may be struggling with that. Yeah. What does that number mean to you? Like, I know it's just a step, but how does yeah. that, what does that help you through with the day? What is having that information helpful for? Right. So when I started stepping on the scale, I was actually tracking my progress. Mm. Um, I was leaning down for the wedding actually. And I wanted to know what my body fat percentage was. I wanted to know what my weight was. I just want to see how everything like related to each other. So in that way, I wanted to see if I was making progress and how much like muscle I was gaining. But if the number doesn't mean anything to you and doesn't add value to your life, then you don't need to do it. Yeah. But I think if you 
are looking at stats, then it's a good number to have around just to know. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you. And I think uh, like having those numbers are, can be really helpful. Mm-hmm. So when I was weighing myself every day and stressing about it, because like you said, like I, if I like, I didn't want to drink anything before I weighed myself because uh, I was like, oh, like, yeah. But then to be honest, like I need coffee to poop and then I'd have the poop. Like it was just like. <laughs> it's like, a cycle. No, I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. <laughs> so I was like stressing about the number. And then uh, my therapist actually suggested that I get a higher tech scale that told me about like my muscle mass yes. and my BMI and uh-huh. how much water I had. Uh-huh. And so then having all the numbers put together that was really helpful. It, it paints yeah. the picture. Yes. Because you could be a, you could be 10 pounds over the weight that you think is your quote unquote yeah. ideal weight yeah. and be like, you know, 80% muscle, whatever it right. is, you know? And we know that muscle weighs more than fat. Muscle weighs more than fat. Also burns more calories than fat. Yeah. So it's great to have muscle. Yeah. And I also think like, you know, when people are like, oh, I'm gaining weight, it must be muscle. Like, well, how about we, you, you can, you can track that. Let's see yeah. if it is like, so, so, you know, and you can see if you're making gains at the gym, you know, cause that's exciting mm-hmm. to be able to lift something heavier, to jump squat even higher. Like, I think those are really exciting. And if you want to track progress, like, yes, have the data points and don't be scared of them. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's really good. There's another thing that I really want to get into here um, before we wrap up is you posted a picture series mm. um, that really spoke to me. I don't know if it spoke to other people, but it spoke to me. Um, and it was essentially you photoshopping your body mm-hmm. to be the quote unquote perfect body in different time eras. So you did the twenties. Mm-hmm. I think you did the fifties. Mm-hmm. Um, you did the eighties and the nineties yeah. and then you did now. Yeah. And it just, it, those were remarkably different from each other, you know, from being in the twenties, you know, stick thin, um, and the nineties stick thin. And then now, you know, wanting to have more curves, Mm -hmm. you know, the quote unquote Kardashian body. Um, talk to me about like the inspiration behind that, because I do think that that recognizing, you know, what you had said is like, don't throw your body out like fast fashion, right? Like this is like boobs and butts are in now, but Mm -hmm. they weren't in 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, so now your body's out or in, you know what I mean? That's so weird. Talk Uh, to me about that. Yeah. I mean, it is just so frustrating to see women chasing body ideals like they chase fashion. And luckily with fashion, you can buy it, you can throw it out, whatever. Mm. You can't with your body because you're born a certain way. And it's, I just don't think it's something that you need to play with that hard. And it's weird because these body ideals are set by culture and media at the time. So if you look at the women who are represented in paintings during the Renaissance times, most were very pale, uh, very curvy. We Mm -hmm. would probably call that today like overweight Mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, And then you go into the 20s, it's like a boyish figure. So women would tape down their boobs, tape down their hips so that they could look like more stickly. Uh, And, you know, it changes. And today it's the Kardashian body, big boobs, tiny waist, huge hips. And it's like, there's only like certain women who are born that way. But now, and I just looked into the research for this, like, butt injections and butt implants have gone up over the past few years because you keep seeing those pictures on social media and like everywhere. And it's just like, it's sad to me because as soon as that trend goes out, now what are you going to have to pay to like remove remove those butt implants? Like 
I I <sighs> naturally have a little bit of a, a bootay. Yeah. But for my whole like teenage years and early college, I was like always reading articles about how to get rid of it. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm like, oh, how to get rid of your butt, how to get rid of your butt. Cause I thought that was what was quote unquote in. Yeah. And now that it's actually it, like having a butt is in, I'm like, I stressed out and I still think I have some sort of um, like mental roadblock when I see it. I'm like, oh wait, that's, you know, I don't like that. But then I'm like, wait, now it's in. So and it's which, okay. It yeah. still shouldn't be the thought which process still anyway. shouldn't be the thought process. I know. And like, Why for, should, yeah, I mean, yeah, sorry. Continue. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm just like, I'm, I'm cutting into you because I'm so like excited so, about this No, because it is. And it, it, and it, unfortunately, I mean, for, for, you know, society, we've become more diversified and we've seen what different bodies look like with different people of color, you know, because yeah. I think, you know, white women and that physique and that ideal has been the um, ideal for so long. Mm-hmm. And now that it's starting to expand, I think that's beautiful. And I think that's great. But at the same time, for so many women, it's hard to achieve some curviness or yeah. whatever it may be that they so desire, you know, like you did that booty post about, you know, showing what it, like that fake butt essentially and, and showing that sometimes when we, you know, use different tools or implants or whatever Mm -hmm. to create this butt, that's just like not realistic. We just get so in our heads about it. it. It's, it's really crazy because it's like only within the past few years when the booty has come into style that I get certain comments in my videos like, Oh, why would I even do your butt workout? You don't even have a butt. Like, really guys? Oh. Really? Really? And it's just like, and then what, when flat butts are in, are you be like, oh my gosh, definitely do blog lives videos because she has a flat butt. So I want to look like that or whatever. Like, <laughs> it's so crazy. It's like, first of all, this is not what the video, the video is about like having a stronger, butt, like being strong, like all that kind of stuff. But you know, people like to look at fitness trainers almost as a billboard for what they're going to look like. Mm. And that's so not true because all of our bodies are so different that you cannot use one formula to get the same results on every single person. And that includes, includes a diet too. Mm-hmm. Everyone is different. Every workout is going to be different for different people. And it's just based on the body type that you have. But, um, I'm glad you enjoyed that post. Yes. I really loved doing it because I was just really being frustrated. At, like, stop telling me how I should look because it's going to change literally in five years. Would you <laughs> say that that's your biggest struggle is like people telling you that you should have a bigger butt or have, you know, whatever, because that you are a, you know, quote unquote, fitness instructor, influencer, you know, whatever. Um, It's not my biggest struggle, but it definitely is one of the challenges that comes with being in this industry. Uh, because like I said, your body becomes a billboard for what your workouts are. Mm -hmm. And if they quote unquote work, But luckily for me, I built my business and just my philosophy off of working out because it's fun and makes you happy. Yeah. And so the type of people that come to work out with me are looking for that happiness Mm -hmm. and to not even realize that they're working out or maybe they love when they feel like they're dying. And so when they do get the results, like I said earlier at at the beginning of this podcast, it becomes more of a side effect than the total focus. And so, yeah, it's frustrating sometimes when I hear people saying that, but then it's like, whatever, like I'm really happy with what I'm doing and look at all the things my body can do, mm. right? Because if we focus on what we can do versus what it looks like, it changes the entire game because there's no more argument now. Yeah. No, I I, I think you're sort of uh, synthesizing what 
women's goals around being, you know, uh, body positive, but also focusing on their fitness can sort of manifest into looking like, like focusing on what sort of things make you happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and also thinking about what your body can do versus, you know, how it can, how look. It can look or yeah. what you want it to look like. I know like my thighs are very muscular mm-hmm. and I have hated that since I was little. And then I, not since I was little, like, you know, teenager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, once I realized, I was like, wait, I ran a marathon. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, wait, I can get up the, you know, get up off the floor. I can do all these things with these legs that, thank God I'm able-bodied and able to do. Not everybody gets to say that and you should cherish that and appreciate that. I think that could be like our third bullet point. It's Mm -hmm. just- appreciate what you have because it moves and it can sweat and it can get you from point A to point B. And especially for women, like your bodies are a miracle. Yeah. Like you can carry a flipping human in your body. Yeah, you can create humans. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> that is wild. Um, no, I completely agree with you. I mean, like your muscular thighs got you through that marathon. I mean, if you look at the way different types of Olympic athletes are built, right? Sprinters look differently than uh, marathon runners. Mm -hmm. It's just like certain bodies are built for certain things. So stop trying to be something that you're not built for. I mean, you can still do it, but like stop striving to look like someone that, you know, that that you weren't meant to. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I think that's wasted energy. And I think that's what I was doing back in 2012. It's like, I spent this amount of energy to get to this level. It's like not, it's like, whereas I could have spent that on doing other things that would have made me happy and would have just given me a better quality of life. So I think you got to pick and choose, but if you want to spend all your energy on that, like, cool, like, but choose it, make that decision. Be very conscious of it. And prioritize quality of life at the end of the day. Cause at the end of the day, you're not going to be like, when you're on your deathbed being like, oh, yeah. I only weighed 110 pounds <sighs> my whole life. Nobody in the history of the world has ever said that. <laughs> Literally no, no one. one. Nobody. But people have said I was happy. I used to socialize with yeah. my friends all the time. We drank wine and yeah. it was always fun, whatever it yeah. is. Nobody talks about their weight on their deathbed. So don't <sighs> stress about it. Work out because it's fun. Work out because it makes you happy. But don't I like your perspective. It. That's, I like that's a really intense one. I like it, but it's but it's, it's so true. true. It's a great way to look at things. I I I've told this story before, but I'll tell it again okay. to sort of wrap this up. But like I remember, I mean, for my whole life, body image has been struggle for me, and mm. I was on the treadmill uh-huh. um, one day, and I was actually I was reading a, a book I read on the treadmill, and I and how do you do that? I can't do that. iPad. I make the text really really big. And I just that. feel like that's so much going on at once. But okay, great. But I get, yeah. I get too bored otherwise because running like is boring. Well, I can watch something. I, you know what I, I like? I'm sorry to yeah, like no, cut it to your story, me. but I love watching like food videos, like watching people oh, eat um, or like watching the travel channel, just watching people eat. Whatever works know, for you. On whatever a cardio keeps you, Like some people wa- listen to podcasts. And if you're listening to this podcast while you're running or doing some sort of form of exercise, like God bless you. I could not do that. <laughs> but keep going. But keep listening. <laughs> keep subscribing. But I could not do that. But yeah, I remember I was on the treadmill okay. and I, and I was reading a book. Uh, I was reading You're a Badass uh-huh. by Jen Sincero. Yeah. And I had this epiphany. I was like, holy moly. Like I'm wasting my life hating my body. Mm. Cause you look like I look back when I was a teenager, when I was so unhappy with my body mm. and I was like 15 pounds lighter than I am now. Isn't you that know crazy? What I mean, I You're do. Just, I do know like what you not, mean. It's not about the number. 
It's not. Yeah. And like, I, there's always that, uh, there's that Instagram post where it says like, I'm so mad that I wasted like my skinny days thinking I was fat. Oh yeah. I Whatever yeah, it is, yeah. but like skinny fat doesn't matter. Like you're wasting your life being so stressed about your weight. Like just yeah. focus on removing the weight from your shoulders about your weight, not removing the yeah. weight from your body. I like that. That is good. Mm. I agree with you mm. 100%. Yeah. Ah, I love that. Um, so I know for a lot of people that losing weight or exercising more or gaining a better relationship with our body is a new year's resolution. Mm. But one of my new year's resolutions is to be, uh, really tap into my curiosity more Mm -hmm. and get to know the people that uh, are in my life better and get to know people that come on the show better. Mm. And so because of that, I have implemented this, uh, new sort of rapid fire question so that I can really dive in deep. Okay. Dive. What is one thing you couldn't live without? One thing I couldn't live without is my husband, Sam. Yeah. I was I was nervous that you were going to say the dog, Sir George. <laughs> <laughs> There'd be some awkward tension in the podcast studio. <laughs> what drives you? What drives me is actually uh, problems. Because I like fixing them. Not that I like it, but it forces me to. It forces me to be creative. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to think about when you uh, hit an obstacle, when you hit a roadblock. They're oh, there for a that. reason, let me tell you. <laughs> oh, I dig that. Okay, what keeps you positive? What keeps me positive? Um, Actually, my pup, Sir George, he keeps me positive because when things are bad, I'm just like, but look at Sir George. He's so fluffy and it's happy and I like it. Uh, <laughs> I think that's what dogs were made for. Oh, dogs are the best. They just make you happier. They're like a secret hack to life happiness. Like I'm s- actually serious. I I completely agree with you. I think if you have like the worst day and you like see your dog and you pet your dog, I've cried into my dog's oh. coat before and then it just makes me feel that much better. Oh. I should get an actual coat for him. I imagined a coat on him when I was thinking about saying his coat. But he now doesn't I have a coat. No, he, well, he's a big dog. He's got a lot of. Oh, he needs schmaltz. a big dog yeah. coat. Yeah. He needs like, yeah, he doesn't need, he doesn't get cold that easy. So I need you to. You should get him a whole I wardrobe. A coat that I can cry into. Yeah. Like a nice Sherpa one. Like, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. He would eat that. Uh, what or who inspires you? Um, What or who inspires me? I think. See, that's always a hard one, but I feel like it depends. Like if I am looking for design inspiration, I can find a lot of cool stuff um, in artwork that I can find like on Pinterest, uh, simple answer, or just nature in general. Mm -hmm. I think being out, seeing how the world naturally works can inspire how you can take some of that and put it into your own work. Oh, yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. And then what is your intention? And it could be for today. It could be for tomorrow. It could be for your lifetime. Mm. I can tell you what my intention is for this year. This year it is to do less busy work, but have more positive impact mm. because I feel like you know, our lives are so crazy. We're saying like, yes to everything. You want to get involved in everything. You want to start all these new businesses. You have all these new ideas. And that's just how I am. Like, I'm just like wild crazy, but I need to seriously like slow down and just choose the things that are going to make the most impact for the people around me and for, you know, our community and things like that. And that's something that is really hard for me to do. But already this year, we've said no to a couple things, which 
I really wanted to do, but like, did I really? Mm. And when I thought about it, I didn't really want to. And I would rather just stay home and spend time with, you know, Sam or the dog or just like knitting or, you know, whatever, just doing like these little things that actually bring so much joy to my life. So, mm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I am so happy that you said yes to doing this podcast. And I'm so happy because I do think it's going to have such a positive impact on our listeners who may be struggling trying mm. to balance fitness and their own body positivity. Cassie, tell everybody where they can find you if they're not following you already. They should be. Yeah, you should be. Um, <laughs> you can follow me at Blogilates everywhere, everywhere. That's B-L-O-G-I-L-A-T-E-S. It's like blog and Pilates without the P. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like YouTube. Instagram, Twitter, blogalize.com. And I have a bunch of free workout calendars that you can print out and like just start doing um, right away. And it's all for free. Everything's for free. I love a good freebie. Yeah, me too. (laughs) I love a good freebie. And as always, you guys can follow me at Hannah Cranston. Please, please, please be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. Also, be sure to rate and review this podcast. I'll be giving shout outs. So do that. And just a reminder, we'll be coming at you every single Wednesday. So buckle up because it's going to be too much to handle. See you next week. Ah!